Today on Mr. Glasby's HSC Drama Class of 2020, we are discussing Complicite and Simon McBurney. Okay, so today we're talking about Simon McBurney and Complicite. Simon McBurney, the god, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, like just a pragmatic man who is attractive because of his intelligence. That's exactly right. <laughs> Not even going to dispute that. I'm not even going to... Like, that's 100% what it is. I am so attracted to that man for his intelligence. He has really nice blue eyes. It's also because he's, he's like, modest about it. Not in an annoying way, but in, like, oh, I'm not a genius. I'm just someone who can see it and then make it. Or at least help in making it. Yeah. He doesn't doesn't say, I'm the complicite person. I'm just the artistic yeah, director. Yeah, at no nice. point does he say he's, he's like, oh yeah, this is all about me. He's like, no, no, we, we work with this guy and this guy and this guy. And They're a nomadic family. They were a nomadic family. Were. Why And why were they? Because they travelled together and like, made money together. I forget exactly. Are, we talk, are you talking about Complicite? Or yeah, you talk, Complicite. Oh, okay, so Complicite is a nomadic. Yeah, so they're... Okay, let's start with Simon McBurney and who Simon McBurney is. Who is he? Who is Simon McBurney? Simon McBurney. He's a director and an actor, but he was an actor first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's an English actor who denies being comfortable in England. That whole thing, <laughs> I thought it was really was, interesting. Uh, was how he was like, I'm an English actor, but I don't feel comfortable in England. But I have an American dad and an Irish mum. So mm. it's a whole thing where he doesn't feel comfortable in any kind of country. And that's why he's like got a family in complicite. Who, um... Who who was his dad? What what, what was because I think it's important to oh, talk about his, his, yeah yeah uh, was he an Cambridge that's so cool mm. imagine having like literally an Indiana Jones dad like oh. yeah. dad figure yeah besides not the running about thing just the smart thing. <laughs> um and and like he his dad like he talks about and I don't know if it's in one of those readings or if it's one of his essays um, that. He he talks about it being like his his house was full of artifacts, and so he would just go through his house and like find random arrowheads or like a random stick from a random culture where he's like he had, like no idea and his dad doesn't know what it what it was, um, and like so with that sort of a an upbringing, you guys can sort of you can sort of make that connection between. What do you think? How do you think that's impacted Simon McBurney's life with some of the things you've read about him or seen about him? Um, his exposure to a higher kind of like education and kind of life system. Because mm-hmm. al- he already had that connection to Cambridge, which he went to, and that's where he met one of the guys who started Complicite with him. And then, so it led him and connected him with people who are more interesting and stuff because of higher education. And how do you think that t- that ties into this concept of multidiscipline theatre? Oh, because like his, so his mum was an actor, so that established his links to like theatre and stuff. But then his dad was an archaeologist, so that definitely would have incorporated, because his dad taught him archaeology at Cambridge, or was, it was kind of confusing in the interview, the piece of writing, but it, kind of insinuated that he went there to Cambridge not for acting but yeah. for something else so he would have had all that education in other fields and interests in other fields 
he lived a very multidisciplined life between his mother's career and his father's career. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a lot of um, th- there was a lot of academia in the McBurney household. Yeah. Like it was very much about questioning life, questioning the function of different things, mm. um, and you can definitely see that through his his work like he's very much about questioning you know what is memory or what is reality and so those sort of questions keep popping up and he wanted to do everything illegal when he was living yeah oh yeah that's that's just like underlying basis if you're like an interesting person troubled childhood Mm -hmm. not necessarily troubled with parents but you were just a troubled chick kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if you were a boring straight-nosed kid like yeah that's the chapter to something i don't understand yeah, yeah that's like, exactly that's when you try to do it. Fight it open the door into another world yeah so this is a quote from the guardian which is from an article called a life in theater simon mcburney uh, i'm naturally attracted to something i don't understand because when you try to deal with that it opens a door into another world i think he's a legend he is a legend so he is a god among men a um and this is the article where you guys were talking about that he was fascinated by all the things he wasn't supposed to do mm-hmm. um and there's a quote here that says anything that was illegal became immediately interesting to me i spent the majority of time at school trying to break <laughs> the rules I would climb to the top of buildings. Oh, yeah. I even burned a building down once. <laughs> Not intentionally, just because... I remember going through the rule book, ticking off the ones I'd broken and looking for the ones I hadn't. Well, how does that tie to multidiscipline and our understanding of multidiscipline theatre? Because it's meant to what? What is multidiscipline meant to do? Break the rules. Break rules. And so he's actively looking at the rules yeah. of theatre and how do we break, break those rules? Them, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's probably like he's probably got a list of all the things that theatre is. Like yesterday when we went through, we were looking at um, like all the things that theatre was, and we were sort of going, well, how would you break that, or why would you break that, or how could you break that? And that's probably what Simon McBurney and Complicite does. They've got a list of, oh, here's what the audience is expecting. How can we break that? Um, <clears throat> which is interesting. Um, which is gates and another thing that Simon McBurney and I really like like this whole article is this idea here of most of what we say about ourselves is a wonderful piece of storytelling he sees that every single person on the planet has a narrative that they're actively telling mm-hmm. and that awesome. yeah it is such a cool concept it's a cool concept um, and so we move from Simon McBurney that we know is this rule breaker, this guy who's like actively looking for rules to break, actively, you know, looking at all the different aspects of academia. He sort of doesn't say, I'm a theatre maker. He sort of goes, I'm just a person who's interested in all these different things. Um, and now we move into complicite because this article also moves into complicite. What's our understanding of complicite as a theatre company? So we know it start, started in 1983. Well, they're, like, they're like little rebel rascal kind of ragtag group. Because mm-hmm. like he describes his friends when he describes them. They're like runaways. runaways. Yeah. And that's their whole premise. They're doing theatre, but they're doing theatre their way or something. Mm. And that's, um, I really like that um, he, like it, it's in the, on the website. There it is. There is no complicity method. Okay. It's always evolving. It's always changing. Um, and on the website, those quotes that just sort of keep coming in with props, like very significant props from different productions they've done. Um, 
It, that was it's, my favourite. A lifetime is not enough to know someone else's. Yeah, yeah and it's not finished. And, it's always evolving. Yeah, and what yeah, what is essential is collaboration and forward momentum. So he's always like, no, no, no just keep moving. If you keep moving and you keep collaborating with different people, good ideas are going to come. Um, never finished, always evolving, uh, as Emily said. Um, you know, there's so many brilliant quotes that he sort of just comes up with that you're like, wow, whatever. Um, it's it's just really cool. Um, in so complicite before we delve into a bit more about complicite, the it's important to notice that he studied under a guy called uh, Lecoq, Jacques Lecoq. Uh, anybody know what? Is that the French school he went to? Yes. But train, it, it's, I what think it was in that? one article it said training and movement. That's where he learned. I couldn't say at it. The, blah, 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 Wait, there was a Paris. lot of words in there I couldn't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it out to mom. Yeah. So I'm probably butchering his name. Um, but um, his, whole, his whole deal was about physical expression and physical movement. And... There was another guy um, that sort of goes alongside here, which is um, Gaulier. And Philippe Gaulier was all about uh, play and, that, and this idea of playing with things. Um, and this, this idea of... At Jacques Lecoq's school, he taught actors to express themselves in the way that they see best fit, to pursue training in whatever way is going to benefit them and the production, which uh, is really, really cool. It's, it's all about the, 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 you know, the performer as opposed to the director. So that in, in other schools, like Stanislavski, for example, is all about, here's the director, the director's going to tell you what they want from you and then you've got to make that happen. This is like, no, 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 you're a performer, you're a creative being, how do you use that creativity? Um, and that, we can sort of see that going into Complicite's practices because they're all about different people and coming together to, uh, to do something amazing and collaborate. Um, so this is uh, another, another really interesting part of this is this idea of, um, is this idea of like clowning. Like clowning is a huge big part of this training because it, it emphasizes play. Um, and uh, this is from Wikipedia, but I have checked it and the sources it comes from are good. <laughs> uh, is that there's, there's these three sort of things that, um, it says three of the principal skills that he encouraged in his students were le jeu, which is playfulness. Okay, so le jeu is this idea of play. It's this idea of um, just being free to play with the moment. And it's such a beautiful concept. Uh, and then complicité, which is togetherness. So complicité means... Togetherness. togetherness it means for all of you to be complicit in the act which brings back to that idea of like that if everyone's a runaway and everyone's a re- rebel and a rascal then you're all complicit in this yeah. so the english understanding of complicit but complicite is the french word which it is a french word theater de complicite is togetherness and so that whole like their philosophy is literally in the name of this theater company it's all about how together do we make awesome theater um, and then the third skill is disponibilité, which is openness, being open to a process. So if you are 
if you're thinking about complicite and looking at the fact that Simon McBurney has been trained in these skills, what do you think some of complicite's core philosophies, practices and processes are going to be based on Simon McBurney's life and, and his training? Do that question. <laughs> yeah. So we know that complicity means what? Togetherness. Yeah, it means togetherness. Yeah. So we see that in their philosophy, is their philosophy is we do yeah. things together. Mm-hmm. Their practice then is about collaboration and mm-hmm. collaborating with everyone and everyone must be together. Yeah. And their processes. processes then is to ensure that everyone's what? Working together. Working together, everyone has the say. and happily. Yeah, yes, that's a really big key is that and it's effective. It, it, it may not ever be happy, like there, there could be disagreements and like yeah, throwing things. Yeah. But it can still be positive and not happy. Yeah. When they established Complicity, the four of them were arguing a lot until they got the, the residency at some place somewhere. And then, and then it started working, but they still broke up after that. Mm. Boy band breakup. Mm. <laughs> um, but, they, but he still works with Eminem. I just remember that two of them had, like... Mm-hmm. Um, Marcelo Magni, Marcelo. That's a nice name. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, so, you know, this idea of Lecoq is really a big driving force of complicite, and you could almost argue that it's like their founding uh, training is through Lecoq's training. Um, but I think really the big takeaway there is Lejeune, which is playfulness, uh, complicite, which is togetherness, and disponibility. Uh, so Lejeune, Lejeune is this idea. It's, it's, it's L-E-J-E-U. Uh, and that means playfulness, complicite, which is togetherness, and uh, disponibilite, which is openness. Um, because essentially, though, playfulness, togetherness, and openness, you could probably argue is the philosophies and the practices and the processes. Mm. Is that it's like you have to be open, you have to play, and you, you have, have to, to be, be together. Yeah. Like that there is complicite, mm. in a nutshell. Um, anyone want to say anything before we move on? So the question I pose to you then is how does that differ to normal theatre making? Because it's breaking traditions. Um, yeah. And normal theatre is like hierarchical and complicity <laughs> is not. It's togetherness, like you said. Um, <laughs> uh, so it says here that complicity and Simon McBurney's productions draw on international theatre, dance, music, literature and developing technologies, not to mention his training in movement at the Jacques Lecoq School in Paris to fulfill one simple rule, that the text of the different parts of theatre must be as articulate as the spoken word. Breaking that sentence down, because uh, this is a quote from him, the text of the different parts of theatre must be as articulate as the spoken word. So he's not just saying that, oh yeah, it's the script is the most important thing. He's like, no, 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 the stage is important and the, and the sound design is important. Everything must contribute to this overarching narrative. Yeah. Oh, and there was the whole thing how he did a lot of like, not puppets, but like how he made the books fly and mm-hmm. something. And then there was the the puppet, did a lot of puppets. Yes. Yeah. Like birds, yeah. The books that flew. And then there was like, and we saw in one of the videos, the cat the thing. And yep. there was a dog in something. I can't remember the names of them. 
And then I remember uh, from one of the articles I read, it was the there was the chick I think it was a chick, and she was like, oh, and that time that little person came out of a coffin-like thing that was iconic. In mnemonic, uh, which was ninety uh, nine, um, in that production, uh, and you can um, see um, on their website they've got a, a couple of really good um, images uh, that. They actually use, and it's not, it's not on there, but what they use is a chair, and the chair represents the, the corpse. Well, it represents yeah. the frozen corpse. And so, like, they've got this broken chair, and complicit, they went, well, you know, we're never going to make a puppet that looks exactly like a frozen man who's been coming out of the ice. And, if, and so what they did was they found this broken chair that had, like, bits and pieces, like, just broken but still hanging on there. And so they made this fragile broken chair that could fully break at any moment and they made that the frozen man. And so they endowed this, this frozen yeah, with this chair. Yeah, symbolising the frozen man, like in epic theatre. Yeah, so they, yeah, well, they, you can talk about, about how they use um, conventions of epic theatre. It's, um, they, they use a lot of that. Um, and this idea of, um, you know, the text of different parts of theatre must be as articulate as the spoken word. That's definitely part of it. Like, the how you use your body must be just as articulate as the words yeah. that you're speaking. Mm. So you must make sure that there is so much meaning in everything that you do. And that comes back to that multiple layers of meaning. Um, and also is drawing upon how he went to Japan. Yes. And, and also he said that he doesn't like tourism he doesn't go to places for tourism a lot because tourism in his opinion is destructive mm -hmm. so that's and, and he went to japan and he was talking yeah he like yeah, talked yeah, to a lot of people like old people and how they were really collective when they think of first memories and it was like kind of old people their first memory was like something i just remember teenagers first memories were tv Mm -hmm. And how, as a people, they're all really connected and stuff. Um, you know, he, he says also that there's nothing really original. There's only the question of whether something is alive. So it doesn't matter if it's original, it's, it's whether or not it's, is the story you're telling alive to you? Is it speaking to you? And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the author of this article says that that's precisely what he's good at is making inanimate objects and different concepts like love and death and memory come alive to an audience. Um, uh, you, uh, he says here in, in Complicity's 92 show, A Street of Crocodiles, books flutter across the, the mm -hmm. stage as a flock of birds. Mm -hmm. That's sick. Um, yeah. uh, a man stumbling towards death was represented by a wooden chair. Yeah, so yeah. you're 100% correct there. Um, and in A Disappearing Number, um, complex mathematical equations become vivid metaphors for personal relationships. Yeah, that's so... Yeah, like, that's really cool. One of the big things, too, is the one thing that Bernie doesn't do is present straightforward, linear stories. So we were talking in the last yeah, um, recording... Yeah, so we were, we were talking. We were talking in the last recording about how dramatic narrative is not necessarily... Um, that stories we tell ourselves are not straightforward. And so he really wants to make sure that it's the stories he tells are not linear. Uh, whether creating a show from scratch or adapting a work of literature, 
Uh, he will overlap narratives, past and present, fact and fiction, so they communicate with each other. And that beautiful idea of communicating different yeah. stories with totally that you probably wouldn't put together, and the fact that they come together to communicate meaning and multiple layers of meaning, I mean, that's really what complicity is about. Multiple layers of meaning, multifaceted, multi-ideas. Um, the... He doesn't talk about anything straightforward, like even about himself, he's never straightforward about it. Mm. And the only reason that's effective is because he yeah. is charismatic. And he's... Because, like, if you see... Ooh, what? Anyone watch Dairy Girls? Mm-hmm. You know that old dude, the neighbor, yeah. and how he talks on and on and on. Literally, he has such classic stories, but no one listens to him because he's not charismatic. Mm. He doesn't have the it factor. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, McBurney delivers nothing, nothing straight. So he he mm-hmm. talks about it. Um, they they say that when he when they ask him about um, taking a disappearing number to India, which is a show that revolves around an Indian mathematician, which we will do next week. Um, his his uh, when he was telling about this experience, it took him forty minutes to actually tell why it was an extraordinary experience because he had to go through all these other tangents, um, and that's why I think he was very when he first heard that HSC drama was going to study him he said it was a terrible idea he said (laughs) because you cannot define complicite you should not be able to define what complicite does and no one wants to well and this is and this is we have to yeah we do well but 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 in all of our discussions about it we're not actually pinning down what complicite does like we're not able to say that yes complicite does like does he admired someone, mm-hmm. some dude, and he said a play is a play. So Complicite is just a theatre company who do plays. Mm. So the how product, the product is same. Like yeah, the product is the same, it. but how they do it is different, it's and it's different, different every time yeah. because it's open to play and it's togetherness and it's um, and openness. So that idea of playfulness, togetherness, and openness, which is from Lecoq, yeah. and that he's carried over into Complicite, is so important because without that collaboration and without that, like, and that's why the process is different every time. Because you can't, he, he doesn't have like a structured rehearsal. He doesn't go, here is, here is all of the things we're going to do and here's the milestones we're going to meet. He's like, well, you know, sometimes a show will change the day before mm-hmm. and it will completely change because somebody came in and went, actually, here's an article that I think we should put into it. And what's really interesting is, or in most of his books, in most of the plays, when they publish the play to read, it actually says, here is an attempt to get down what the play was. Which, you know, Shakespeare doesn't have that. Shakespeare doesn't have, you know, here is an attempt to put down what Shakespeare did on stage. It's like, you know, here is the script. Whereas with, um, and and they say all the time that what you have, like with the disappearing number, what we study and what we look at is probably not the final thing that you would see on stage. There were probably Mm. things that they changed. There were probably things that they uh, made bigger or or lesser. Like you said, it's always evolving and it's never ending. Theatre is always evolving and that's, that's, yeah, it's never finished. Yeah. Um, And uh, here's another thing, that collectivity and awareness of continuity play a key role in McBurney's theatre. What's continuity? 
So awareness of continuity means like the continuity of the human race, continuity oh, yeah, of yeah, an individual. Yeah. And so like this idea of what's there after we're gone is, is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and he loves making connections from random things. <laughs> like he loves it. Um, Such a G. Yeah. <laughs> collaboration with audience, actors, designers, technicians is central to McBurney's work and has been since Complicite sprang into being in 1983. Uh, and he was part of a founding quartet, and he every time he talks, you're right, he makes them sound like outlaws. Uh, what did you say? Rebels and rascals? I thought mm. that was really cool. Um, you And they've, like, they've performed, and a lot of famous people have performed with them. Like, every time that they go to do something, it's always a different group. And they said one of their plays inspired Stephen Fry, and I think that is like... Is that the person of Futurama? No, no. Um, <laughs> no, no. S- Stephen Fry is like a. Um, he's so. Yeah, he's a big English. He's like he's an actor really and he can cook and he's a psychologist. Oh, what a G. Yeah. Oui, what a G psychologist. Uh, so, Complicite is very much about, um, you know, these. It's all about collaboration and it's all about exploring things that in ways that may not be original, but they're alive to you. Mm. And so when we look at a disappearing number, that's something that we're really gonna to have to keep in mind is how does, so it, how does it explore these things? Because it, 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 at times when you're reading it, it doesn't make sense on page because it's such a visual thing. You need to just imagine, you really have to come to that play and imagine the visually what it looked like. Is there something we can watch? Uh, there's bits and pieces that will okay. help us. Um, you know, we'll set the projector up and we'll try and do some workshops around that. Um, what, what else did you guys notice? So what did you guys notice about Simon Bernie and Complicite? What are some noticings that you guys had about about him, apart from the fact that he's an absolute god and an absolute <laughs> genius. Well, I haven't seen any of his yeah, plays, no, so yeah. no matter how good it sounds on paper, I don't know till I've seen something. <laughs> give me true. the quality first. Give, give you something, give you the product first. Show us for God. <laughs> something that stands out to me is multiple layers of meaning, how it yeah, includes that, is that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay, um, what stands out to me is like the Jew complicity and the disponibility. Like, I love the meanings of all those words, like availability, togetherness, and being free to play. Mm-hmm. Those are my mottos. <laughs> yep. So, one thing I will keep in mind is the fact that he thinks his plays can't be done. Cannot be defined, so I'll keep that in mind. And like, I'm gonna have to like pick it apart as much as I can because mm-hmm. I love proving people wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Complicity is this, yeah. And then he can't find me about it unless he ends up listening to this and he's like, <clears throat> I need to talk to a real. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, I'd have to say that something that. I like is the fact that it's always changing and mm-hmm. it's never finished and also I agree with Talia with the fact that openness and playfulness and togetherness is a major part of complicity. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a major part of everything. It's a ma- yeah. It should. It's such that a It's never finished. It's never finished. All yeah. the playfulness and the playfulness. It's always changing. In life, you can set a goal to get somewhere yeah. but then when you get there, 
you're Probably not just going to stop, you're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. There's another goal to get to after that. Yep. Um, I like that he, he says and he knows that like it's never ending and that like he can keep going, like keep finding things and keep doing new things with what complicity is. Nice, he's never like settled. He's never like, yeah, no, this is what complicity is yeah. now. He's always trying to break those and rules. Like the mm. fact that he says that everybody's sorry is a different narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we're all telling it differently. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, it is. It's yeah. true. I yeah. never really thought about life that way and until. Like, if you write a story, you're basically giving birth to this whole new life. life. Mm. Mm. You never. Then if someone, sorry, if someone reads it, they could also, like, interpret that life different to like yes. differently <laughs> yeah how the writer like meant it yeah. <laughs> yes i i agree 100% with that that it that because in a way i guess he's acknowledging he's acknowledging the fact that it's um that the stories he creates are going to contribute to other people's stories as mm. well and so that because he's like, it becomes alive to you. All that matters about our theatre is that it becomes alive to you as an audience member. Mm-hmm. So, okay, there we go. We've got, uh, that's Complicite and uh, Simon McBurney, and hopefully we have a bit of a better understanding of the man and his company. And the fact that he doesn't claim to be the be-all and end-all um, is really, Excellent. really important. It's, so, it's a really important thing. Um, that was something outside, um, and okay, uh, so, all right, so that is Simon McBurney and Complicite, uh, so for this recording, we are signing off, say goodbye everyone.